everybody, it's Gabriel Nachaka. I'm here with my wife, Vanessa, and today we are doing the Q&A on dating in the church. I'm excited. Yeah, I think, <laughs> so we brought it up in conversation. We were at some friend's house today, and we brought up a few questions that people had asked, and <laughs> I think it turned into like a little, not a debate, but like, it was very like, interesting. Very the, strong opinions. Yeah, and the perspectives were very different, and I think it did help clarify some stuff. So I think one of the biggest things we want to say up front is uh, we're going to do our best to be as definitive as possible in uh, the terms we are using. However, understand this. Questions were submitted from different countries. So it wasn't just like, you know, somebody from, I don't know, um, you know, Bell Gardens or... um, La Mirada. <laughs> like, it wasn't just people submitting questions from, like, cities around LAOC. It was uh, a different state, yeah, different states even. Um, it was different countries as well. So some of the questions, the way they were phrased, I'm going to try to repeat them in the way they were asked. However, like I said, it's coming from a different country. So the context of the words that we're using is something that's going to be a little bit ambiguous at times. So please don't run and say, like, oh, this was this is what they said. Because it may not be accurate <laughs> in the way that it's that we're saying it. So what I'm trying to say is we're going to be as definitive as possible in specifically what we're talking about and like what the question is in the context of the question. But we don't we want to leave room that if there's any misunderstanding, hey, message us, reach out to us. We want to uh, continue the conversation. This is something I feel like we're going to come back to every now and then. Uh, I do want to do another podcast with single men. I want to talk to single men in the church. So uh, it's going to be interesting. So, But yeah. not only that, I think it's important that everybody listening understands that we are not trying to contradict what's going on in your local church. I think we don't have all that knowledge and we don't have right. all that uh, insight. So if we say something that's not necessarily lining up with what you've been taught or what's going on right now in your current situation, uh, don't take what we're saying um for ammo (laughs) for ammo yeah like don't don't take what we're saying to use it against your leaders if it's something that contradicts what they've been telling you i'm hoping that whoever's listening if you have a question or if you're just interested in general that we're not you know, going to talk, we're going to literally talk about our personal opinions and experiences. So understand that we're not trying to contradict anything in your life that's going on. We hope to kind of just give you a different perspective. Also, we do have experience in a lot of these areas. So uh, we're speaking from that. So if you have questions, like Gobble said, if you have questions that are a little bit more in detail, you're more than welcome to ask him or ask me or whatever. But um, I think this is like a fun topic and, and I really like this. And area. I think the healthiest thing to bring out too is that if you're in a healthy church, you can go and talk to your leaders. Like, don't feel scared. Don't feel like, oh my gosh, they're going to beat me down. No way, man. If you if you hear something that you're like, you know what? I kind of, I kind of am interested now in what our church thinks of this or what our leadership thinks of this uh go and ask them like talk to them healthy conversations are good in the local church meaning healthy conversations meaning you don't have to sit there and agree with every single word you can ask why why do we do it this way why is it set up this way 
Like, why is there a position that we hold this way? And I say that with uh, asking in respect and honor and, you know, really just doing it in a, in a healthy way. And then also, like, your leaders may not even know the exact answer to some of your questions. And yeah. that's totally fine. I think you have to be mature in that way also that they may not be able to give you all the answers. I remember asking a lot of questions when I was in my older church. And my pastor, she didn't have all the answers. And I was very um, concerned about that. But obviously, now that I'm older and more mature, I understand, like, you don't know everything about everything. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some of the questions were actually quite funny. <laughs> um, I even had one person submit a question. And and just so everyone knows, all the questions that were submitted, I, I, I saw the people who submitted them. However, the majority of them wanted to remain anonymous, which is totally fine. Not a problem. So just so you know, I will not be telling you who's asking these questions. They were just questions that were submitted. But I thought one was funny because <laughs> basically it was around it was around a certain topic. But uh, and then also these are people from different church fellowships, church organizations, like church networks. organizations. Yes. Like, yes, they are. They are yeah. from different networks, different. Um, they all vary. Churches, yeah, mm-hmm. different and they're groups. all from people within like what twenty to thirty five years old. Yeah, I would, that you know that's an interesting thing is male the, and female. Both male and female submitted questions. Uh, both were actually really, I would say, interested mm-hmm. because I I think it's it's a it's a platform where they can ask something and hear about it. And I just thought one of the questions that was submitted was funny. Let me read it in, in just a little piece of it. The relationship or remove Sky Daddy's covering once it happens. <laughs> Sky Daddy. They're saying, you know, will Sky Daddy's covering be removed if, if this thing happens? Sky Daddy? <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. So it's like Daddy God. <laughs> That's so I just thought it was hilarious because I've never, I, I've, I've never, never heard, heard that. that sky daddy. So uh, <laughs> obviously they, they said that they said that one in humor. However, there were uh, in that in that same thread they did send some um, some very good questions. <laughs> so okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about, and this was submitted and it was a, it was a great topic. It's on missionary dating or evangelical dating. Or dating a non-believer with the purpose of leading them to Christ or just dating a non-believer. So this is an area that I would say we want to be very careful with. I'm trying to give you the context of the question. Specifically, they asked basically three questions and three different contexts. So the first question was specifically about uh, a church setting. Now, some background, we have pastored two churches, and they're asking me as a pastor, can you forbid missionary dating as a pastor? Meaning, can I put rules in place to say, you cannot date in this church a non-believer for the purpose of converting them to Christianity? So can you forbid missionary dating as a pastor? And that's a very simple answer. No, you cannot forbid it. Because even even if you did say it, um, basically, they could still go do it. (laughs) Yeah, you can't control. (laughs) Yeah, and so one of the biggest things is, I always, I love to say this to our leaders, 
if God gave us free will, who are we to take it away? If God gave us free will to make decisions and to make up our minds, who are we as spiritual leaders in churches to take that away from people? It is up to people. The decisions they make are up to them. Now, it says this, would you try and forbid missionary dating as a pastor? Meaning, would I put things in place to um, discourage it? Uh, I would say this. No, I would not. And that's as a pastor. I would No, I would not. And Vanessa might disagree with me, but let me finish. With a waiver or caveat of saying, I am not endorsing it. I would 100% be in the position of, listen, you are going to make decisions. My job as a pastor is to help you spiritually and give you some guidance. So would I forbid it in the church? No, not in an overt way. I would not publicly like, you know, go and tell people, hey, you better not be doing this. However, I would say, listen, man, if you're going to make some decisions, you're making those decisions, not me. You are. So you can't come back to me and say, you know, well, you said it was okay. No, <laughs> I never said it was okay. But I also, I did, I'm letting you make some decisions. Vanessa, you have something to say on that? Uh, for me, I would discourage it 100%. Um, I think I have heard more often cases where it didn't turn out well at all because the pool of the Christian was just too heavy. And a lot of times when people, okay, not a lot of times, oftentimes people are immature in the way they make that decision or who they decide to date uh, with the hopes of converting them. And they themselves aren't mature in their walk. Right. So I kind of feel like if you're a mature Christian, you don't look for someone who's a new believer or not a believer at all. I would discourage it, yes. But it's difficult. It's a weird thing because I feel like I can't tell someone what they did or didn't hear from God. If God told you to go after someone because you know he's going to use you both later on in a very powerful way. Well, I mean, we, we haven't addressed that yet. We haven't addressed that because basically the question was, can you forbid missionary dating as a pastor? And I say, no, you can't. Mm -hmm. Would you forbid missionary dating as a pastor? No, with the waiver of I'm not endorsing it. So it's not, I'm not saying that because, because I think you're saying maybe someone heard from God. Okay. So I couldn't forbid anybody from doing anything. Right. Like that's, I think so, that's just normal. So the yeah. And the same Christian way, like, I wouldn't forbid it because I can't control what you do. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, but and, I, I couldn't forbid anything. And, and I think we there's there's this place of as spiritual leadership, what your your role and your goal is to actually teach people enough Bible that their spiritual maturity grows. Now, if someone is spiritually immature and they ask you directly, they say, "I don't see it in the Bible where we cannot date a non-believer." Then, of course, I would share scripture. That points to a position that holds to us saying we are supposed to search out companions and like basically uh, spouses that are faith based, Christ centered, biblically applying <laughs> uh, followers of Jesus. So when someone, you know, when these questions are in context, they're, they're specifically asking about as a pastor, can you or would you? That's what I'm saying. Like, I would say I would not forbid it because, and this 
leads into the third question when it talks about how they termed it missionary dating or dating a non-believer with the mission to convert them to Christianity. So that's their question in that context. Uh, do we have any success stories of that? So are there any stories of missionary dating actually working? And I think that's an interesting place mm -hmm. because it's not specifically evangelical or missionary dating in that context. These specific stories that we would term as success stories where uh, I'll give you one famous example. Uh, I don't know if everybody is familiar with these people, but John and Lisa Bevere. They are authors and speakers, you know, um, they, they, they lead spirit, some, some ministries. So the thing is this, John Bevere said that God spoke to him that he was going to marry Lisa. Lisa at the time was not a Christian. So he began a relationship. Now that term relationship is what I mean is either a friendship or like developing into some sort of like like where they were creating communication, talking. And in that, she was not a Christian. He was. He went with the purpose because he said God spoke to him. And he said that that was going to be his wife. So he went with the purpose to go talk with her, teach her the word, uh, teach her the Bible. And eventually she became a Christian. So like he discipled her. Yes. So, But then someone would say to me, is that a missionary dating success story? Now... After the conversation we had today, I want to make it very clear. I don't believe that you should go and date as many people as possible. And, uh, that's my number one position. Okay, let me, let me express some thought here. I don't think you should do that. Number two, if you're a ministry leader, if you're a pastor in a church, or if you're a leader of a ministry, and you come to me, and I'm the pastor, I'm the lead or senior pastor of the location, and you come to me and you say, hey, listen, I'm going to go date some women to bring them into church. <laughs> and you're a guy. Number one, I'm telling you, no. I, you, you're, you can do that probably in another church. <laughs> but if you're a ministry leader, you should hold some spiritual maturity to know that that is not wise. It is, it is, a very, it is something that we would not encourage you to do. So if we go back to the question of can you forbid, would you forbid, to the general church, no. Like I feel like, listen, I'm here to help people get closer to Jesus. But now when it comes to um, operating as a, as a leader of a ministry and someone in the ministry is doing something unhealthy, I tell that person who is doing something unhealthy, you can't do that because that's unhealthy. So they would either have to resign or not do that. So in that specific area, these three questions were talking about just as, as I understood it, someone in the church saying, I think, I think, uh, I think this person that I see over there, who's not a Christian, I think God spoke to me to go minister to them and, and date them. And basically I believe that they're going to turn into a spouse for me. So that was what I understood the, the context of the question to be. So missionary dating, any success stories? And that's where I would say John and Lisa Bevere is what something we can term a success story. And there's another couple that Vanessa will share. 
that we know? Yeah, uh, we met this couple when we were living in Estonia, and they're South African. Uh, they are awesome couple. They yeah, are awesome. very genuine in everything that they do. Prophetic. I would have... Yeah, I would have never guessed that they met in that mission, which is really weird. I've never heard the term missionary dating. Um, and it doesn't make sense to me to use that yeah. phrase because <laughs> I feel like right away I thought, okay, can you date a missionary or can you date someone after you've gone on a mission trip? And anyway, so uh, same kind of the same context, like God told the female, the wife, that she was going to marry this guy and he was a drunk. He was always at the bars. I mean, she would she was committed to what God had told her. And I don't know all the details. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know if her leadership agreed with her or if they fought her on it. But they, it turned out to work out that way where he he sobered up. He came to Christ uh, and he was committed and he ended up leading her. I mean, they're missionaries now. They're Like I said, they're a great couple. So He has a powerful testimony aside from all of that. Like, yeah, and even then, like I said, I would have never guessed that that's how they started. I would have thought they both went to the same church. They grew up together. They did all the classes, you know, all that stuff. But their their initial beginning is very, for me, it was very hard to look at. I mean, when they were telling the church about their testimony, I was like, oh, great. Now all the people in the church are going to think it's okay to go date non-believers, which already was an issue. Um and that God's going to bless everything like that. So it was kind of like nerve-wracking for a little while, thinking like, I hope people don't take their story and think it's a success standard, story all around. Yeah. yeah, because I think it's very um, rare. And this is very limited. Like, my opinion and my experience is very, very limited. So I don't, I can't say that God won't tell someone that. I can never say that. But it's hard for me to accept that but that's not but, my but I think too like and that's where I said would you forbid it I feel like if if someone came to me and they said and you know, I'm like again context uh, hypothetically speaking if I'm the pastor someone comes to me and they say hey pastor Gabriel uh, God spoke to me I'm going to go date this girl or guy they're not a Christian but God spoke to me that they're going to be my spouse so I'm going to go date them and uh, they're going to get converted. It sounds creepy, though. So, yeah. And that's where, for me, I would say I'm not going to forbid them. However, I would give them a waiver of, listen, hey, if God told you to do it, that means that I, I'm, I can stand aside and say, hey, listen, okay, if you feel that that's what God told you to do, it just seems... I'm going to say you go ahead and you do your thing. But listen, understand, I'm not endorsing this. But it just, I feel like there's so many red flags. Yeah, like, oh, there is. It's a weird situation. It's not weird. It's just very rare. I think it would be weird. Like, it's, if a guy came to me and said, like, oh, I'm going to go date this girl. Okay, yeah, it does sound weird. creepy. You're, yeah, like, it sounds creepy. It's like, why can't... It's like, just leave her alone with yeah. someone else. Yeah, and, and so, like, and so this specific area of questioning, I think there's two, there's two things that I would say, uh, as we go into the next question, um, I would say I generally... Don't encourage dating non-believers because scripture points us to date believers. Because, mm -hmm. you know, and we're going to the next area, which I think ties in. But I think if you're thinking of long term, you're thinking of a healthy relationship with a spouse, you're not thinking like, you know, someone who has never even read a scripture. So I think a healthy position for most people is to date a believer. If you are a follower of Jesus, you should pursue relationship 
especially that of the romantic kind, with someone who holds the same convictions and same priorities as a Christ-centered follower of Jesus. Yeah, I think we know a lot of... I think even the people that are listening, they all know a couple who one is a Christian, the other is not. And it's a hard marriage. It's a very difficult connection that you... There's a lot that you won't be able to share with your spouse. And um, I have one person I'm thinking of right now, like she was constantly crying just because she feels like she can't connect with him, but she's married to him already and she doesn't want to divorce. So I think too, like there, there's a tough road ahead of someone really uh, pursuing someone that's not a Christian. And yeah. it's definitely, like I said, something that... From both went, sides, the man and the woman. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely something that, like I said, it's rare. And if God calls it he calls it and it works out and i think the couple is um is blessed and there's a lot of grace and mercy there but it's not like a it's not a normal thing yeah it's abnormal and that's why i wanted to start off with the question because i feel like uh no matter how we say this someone's gonna walk away and be like oh well they they believe that you can date non-believers and and that uh you know (laughs) so the whole thing about it like i said um we're trying our best to provide as much context and clarity so now moving into the second area, mm-hmm. church dating culture. So questions were submitted specifically around that. Number one, a church has a dating culture. Every church you go to has a culture within it. So in that culture, they have some like invisible guidelines, so to speak, and then sometimes very visible guidelines of, you know, we don't do this, we do do it this way, you know. And so every church has a dating culture. Usually it's defined by the pastors or the leadership. And so one of the questions in that is, should Christians do online dating? I say, yes. yes. Why not? <laughs> I say online dating. And and this is the thing, and again, it's I'm trying to provide as much context as possible. I'm not saying get on uh, Tinder or whatever. What are the what are the dating like? Christian. I don't know. Christian mingle, Christian single. Anyway, there's websites. There's one that I know of because my friend was on it. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the names, but um. Because I know some of the single people are probably like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, what are some good websites? And I'm like, crap, I can't remember the names right now. So anyway, online dating, should Christians do it? Yes. A few reasons why. And and I'm not saying uh, get on and and just, you know, try to flirt with people don't online. Don't be a weirdo. Yeah, don't be a weirdo. Don't be a creeper either. Like, yeah, nobody likes a creeper. Don't oh. be a creeper creep. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but honestly, like. With the way that things are now, I feel like online dating is just going to skyrocket because you can't just go out the old-fashioned way. And it's hard to meet people old-fashioned way. So is, online is that, dating makes so, sense. Oh, yeah. And let me give you some context for us. Online dating wasn't the normal thing to do when we were dating. It was still I very it, new. Well, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like the standard. It was like there was MySpace. And I don't think that was like... I never online oh yeah no anyways what were you saying wow okay <laughs> i know i wow. did that's okay weird. i did not myspace date wow i did not trust me <laughs> i'm a classy lady okay so <laughs> online dating 
should Christians do online dating? And we both say yes, because there's a few good things with it. And like I said, it's not about online flirting. It's not about online flaunting. It's about real, healthy, online uh, communication that allows you to get to know someone through an online medium, like, you know, uh, uh, chatting, calling, um, you know, these areas that are healthy, not unhealthy communication. Let me make that very clear. Healthy communication. Yeah, you can on, you can date online in a healthy way. But let me say this: your thread, your message thread, should be able to be read by your parents or somebody older. No. And listen, listen. Let me make my Weird. point. Let me make my point. They should be able to read it and not be like, "What the heck?" That's embarrassing. I'm not saying to go show it to them. I'm saying that that should be your standard of conversation, where it should be wholesome enough that you can show it if if the situation was ever there and you know your phone pops up and the whole thread pops up and all your bible study group is there and they see what you're writing to this guy or to this girl would they be like oh my gosh or they would they would be like like oh you know hey yeah they could even know each other well that's part of a healthy but that's that's why i'm specifically clarifying that online dating is about wholesome and healthy communication that is glorifying to God, not something that needs to be hidden. So should Christians date online? We both say yes. And we actually even have met uh, married couples because I think the statistic was something like seven out of 10 couples right now have met online. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's something that we've met married couples who went through the whole online dating Flew to meet each other, you know, uh, connected with each other's family, got married, moved together. And we're talking like on an international level. We're talking like country to country, not 90 day fiance stuff. Oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> no, like, like real healthy, <laughs> good online dating. And what we have seen is this. It helps you communicate. And the biggest breakdown of relationship or relationships is bad communication. When you can't communicate well and you, you maybe just shut off and you don't talk about it, you break down the relationship. So online dating, um, you know, those ways of, of messaging or calling each other, uh, it allows you to learn to communicate verbally. It allows you to learn to communicate in a way that's even written, that you could stay in communication. And I would even kind of um, present our relationship when we knew each other first, though, so it's a little bit different. But we started dating and then I moved to Estonia before we were married. I was there in 2008. I think I got there in 2007. So I was there before we were married. I was living in Estonia. So we were on the phone quite a bit. I spent a lot of money on calling cards. Yeah. I remember you had a stack in the truck and it was like. I think I had a Blackberry. I didn't have an iPhone. I think I had a Blackberry at the time. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I would be waiting for her to call at the time that she usually called. Uh, it was usually in the morning uh, yeah, for me. Cause, yeah, because I called before I went to bed. So it was a 10-hour difference. Yeah. So I would be there, you know, obviously waiting for her to call, and we would talk, uh, go over different stuff, you know, what she did during the, the week, the day. Um, for lunch. Yeah, and we, we learn to communicate. We learn to talk, to have actual real conversations that move beyond just like, you know, simple, like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, and then, you know, arguments online, uh, online, uh, 
disagreements yeah. over the phone. Yeah, where she purposely didn't call me the next day. That was that felt good. <laughs> if I was mad at you, I didn't have to call you. I didn't have to go buy a calling card, spend twenty bucks. But it wasn't twenty bucks. It was. It was. <laughs> so, I, but yeah. But I wanted to add one thing. Yeah. Um, online dating. I would say. I understand, like, you want privacy, but I would definitely let someone in on the fact that you've met someone online. Yeah, because, oh, of course. I mean, we all have heard the horror stories of meeting someone in person, and they're weird, or they're just off some way, lots of red flags, and I think sometimes you feel so invested that you kind of want to look past it and give them a chance. So, I would definitely say, if you're going to online date, be open with a close friend, someone that you yes. trust, and let them know what's going on. If you decide to meet someone that you've met online, um, obviously follow those rules or you do it in a public place and you let people know where you are and you make sure that even, you know, you have like a safety way to get out. Like, you know, if you can text a friend and say, hey, can you tell call me and say it's emergency, whatever. I mean, like things like that. Like don't be wise. Yeah, of course. Be wise and remember. And like not naive. Still, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like let somebody in because they can kind of catch some of those red flags that you're not really catching. And remember, weird is weird. Weird people are weird. Weird people are weird. And off I know people are off. I know you're going to get offended and at God that. And God loves everybody, but and we believe that 100%. But listen, man. Weird people out the there. The more we have seen it, the more I recognize that weird is weird. Like something's off, something's off. Like it's off. Yeah. So pay attention to that. <laughs> so yeah, but online dating is something that I would say, you know, as a Christian, it helps you because it also creates that distance. And I know I, I think too, like it brings about a whole different world view because typically, like when you meet people online, like they're not in your, you know, organization. Yeah, in your circle. They're in another city. Yeah, and I think it's refreshing for a lot of people to meet someone on the outside with a different perspective. Uh, but of course, like. Just be wise with, you know, what you share, how much information you give to them, where you live, <laughs> things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, be wise about it. Uh, but like we said, we did meet. We, we are still friends. Um, even there's a there's a couple of those supports our ministry. Um, they they met online. They, uh, they Their whole relationship was online. And then they flew to meet each other. They flew to meet each other's family. They got married and then moved to a different country together. So and, and they're doing well. Obviously, there were challenges because there was cultural differences. Mm-hmm. But they're doing well, man. They love the Lord and, and they're pursuing uh, his will for their lives. So we, we, we encourage it because it also creates that, that distance, which allows you to have some um, self-control. Physically healthy boundaries, yeah. people. Yeah. So, and then uh, that leads us to the, still dating culture, church dating culture. Because, again, your church creates that culture for you. Uh, and the question is dating to marry versus dating to see if you're compatible. So, okay, dating to marry. Let me give some context to this. Some churches have a very strict rule of, like, you can only date somebody you're going to marry. With the intention of marrying them. And then, and then there's another extreme. That's kind of an extreme, but I have seen it be a pretty normal standard at a lot of churches. You can only date... Uh, no, no, I've, I've literally heard it said... You can only date them if you're going to marry them. And that to me was like kind of like, huh? Like how do you how do you know you're going to marry them if you don't know them? 
So, and then there's the, the um, dating to see if you're compatible. Now, this is not the same as dating around for fun. Yeah, don't be promiscuous. Don't be... Yeah. What's the word? Don't be well, floozy. Yeah, well, promiscuous and, and floozy, I think, implies, like, someone kind of sexually, like, active and, like, saying, like, hey, you know, what's up? Well, they're but, they're driven by their fleshly desires. So yeah. So, I think in the same way, like... But, I, but be, I'm not... And that's specifically what I'm saying. We're yeah. not talking about that. Yeah. We're talking about um, oh. wholesome moral position and dating to see if you're compatible, meaning you can date different people mm. just to get to know them but do you have to date them can you just hang out with them but see that's the whole thing and that's where that's where this this question we brought it up tonight like i said and uh uh some of the perspectives and everything kind of threw everybody off and it was like like no no that shouldn't be allowed or or no what are you talking about but this is the thing dating should be defined okay so now my definition and I think even Vanessa and I will have different definitions of dating is literally hanging out. Meaning I'm going to, okay, mm. intentionally hanging out with a specific person. That you that you like each other. Yes. More I, than just friends. Well, you don't even know if you like each other more than just friends yet. You're attracted to each other. But... Meaning you think the, you, like if you're, if you're a female and you see a guy, you think that that guy is attractive for whatever reasons. Could be his looks, could be, I don't know, whatever. The, the same thing for the guy. The guy sees the, the woman and says like, you know, hey, like I'm attracted to her. So it, that to me is a piece of it. So then you say to them, hey, you know, uh, the church kid says, hey, the church is going to go on an outreach. Do you want to walk together and pass out flyers together? <laughs> that's like a date to somebody. And, and I'm saying that's okay. Like there's no problem with that. But what you're doing is you're intentionally hanging out with them to get to know them. Now, there's another uh, definition of dating that could be specifically you go to them and you say, Hey, you know, um, yeah. I, would, you like to, would you like to go with me to have dinner on this night? You know, and then maybe go with them specifically on Friday night. <laughs> you make it sound so like well, I'm, I, step you know, by step. Yeah, process. but I'm saying I, I'm trying to bring clarity to how I'm defining <laughs> dating. And so that's a kind of like a general or broad definition of dating. Intentionally hanging out with somebody. So what's your definition? I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's just like out of the group of friends that you share, you like one person more than all the others. And that's the person that you try to spend more time with alone or just uh, more time in general. Okay. Maybe it's not alone all the time. So that's, that's our definition of dating. So then there's the dating to marry versus dating to see if you're compatible. So the question that was <clears throat> uh, um, submitted was dating to marry versus dating to see if you're compatible which one's better or which one's more acceptable. So it's it's kind of more of a place of like they were raised in a church that said you date to marry. I don't agree with that. I think this. Every person that is spiritually mature knows that when you're dating, you obviously have an intentional goal of getting married. So when you're dating, marriage is on the table. However, dating that person doesn't mean you're going to marry them. That's where I feel like some churches literally are like, oh, they're dating. Okay, they're getting married next month. 
And it's like, what the heck? Or they literally went to the movies there? one time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, that's where I'm saying. I think that's where the place it was coming from of like, can you date to see if you're compatible? And I say, yes, and you should do that. You shouldn't date and be automatically like, oh, they're married. What? They went on a date. Yeah. I think too, like, this is for people who are seeing other people, like, you notice that they're hanging out more. I don't, don't put pressure on them and say, hey, when are you guys going to get married? Or hey, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just, it's awkward enough sometimes to like date within your church in front of people because obviously people talk, but... If you notice, like, people are hanging out together more, just just kind of let it happen, you know? Like, don't add that pressure. Yeah, and, and I think, too, like, the other thing is that um, some people are good at hiding. And I'm not saying to take five years to date, mm-hmm. but sometimes you, t- you start to see who they are uh, after a few times of dating. Like... You know, I think you start to see the way they interact outside of their infatuation with you. Mm-hmm. Because if they are interested in you and you go out on a date, they're obviously giving you the entire attention. The whole night, you're the, you're the centerpiece of attention. By the third or fourth date, they're actually aware of the surroundings. You will actually start to see, and I, and I know guys who have done this, you know, they go out on a date. And sometimes it's been in groups. That's why I've seen it. And... They start to look at other girls passing by. Mm-hmm. And they're claiming to be like, oh man, I love the Lord. You know, oh, one of these days I'm gonna be a pastor. I need to find me a pastor's wife. And yet they're sitting down having dinner or like, you know, even just a cup of coffee with somebody and they can't even keep their eyes in front of them. So my point would be this you start to see stuff like that in that dating process. Dating to see if you're compatible, meaning dating to see if that's something that you want in a spouse do you want that in a spouse or even the opposite of not not just a guy looking around but say like a girl who's very like flirtatious yeah flirtatious like like every other guy that comes around it's you know i don't know giggly yeah look at me yeah centerpiece of attention whatever whatever it would be the point is this you see that during that dating process and it doesn't have to be you going to dinner alone you could see that in a group of people yeah so church dating culture Dating to marry versus dating to see if you're compatible. I think it's a healthy environment to date to see if you're compatible, but dating in not necessarily the way of like romantic, like, oh man, they took me to, I don't know, the nicest steakhouse and bought me roses. And how about just go for a walk, you know, like get to know each other, talk to each other. That's a healthy date. Yeah. I mean, but don't do that with every person. I mean, and that's the thing. I think a lot of times we have to be a little bit more aware of things like that. That's why I say, like, let other people in your relation, not your relationship, but let other people in. Because a lot of times I say, like, hey, like, you're hanging out with everybody and their mom. (laughs) Like, just relax. Because I know a lot of times, like, I would aim to be a little bit more on the side of date just to see about your compatibility. But even then, if you're going to decide to date someone, I feel like you already know that you're compatible on, on most levels. And then at that point, you know, when it gets more serious, you talk about things that maybe you didn't talk about with your friends. But I would say um, to date with the intention of marrying that person like quickly or soon or right off the bat, I think that already puts a lot of pressure on the relationship. And the other person may not feel the same way. If they do feel the same way and you both want a date to marry because 
you know, that's just what you believe. That's fine. I mean, do what you want to do. But, you know, at the same time, understand, like, you have to be on that same page. I think from the very beginning, because... But but I think there's something that, like, I do want to speak into. Uh, When when you're told over and over and over again, uh, if you're dating, you're going to marry that girl. Like, you know, I've seen that. And I feel like then the first person that you date, you feel like, well, we're getting married. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, you don't, you don't know them. And automatically in your head, you've already assigned yourself to this person and you don't even know them. And my point would be this. You need to get to know them. And like I said, it's a, it can be done in a very healthy way. And again, I define dating as intentional time with somebody. Intentional hanging out. I want to get to know them, and in a healthy way, do it in a healthy way. So this is this is still in that church culture, a church dating culture. And again, like I said, it's usually defined by the leadership of the church. So one of the questions that was submitted, and it's very specific. So I I, I want to say it exactly as it was written, but it's it's in that church dating culture area. Is driving in the same car while dating? deemed as inappropriate yes or no quick one two three no (laughs) is driving in the same car while dating deemed as inappropriate okay now this is a little bit vanessa says no right away (laughs) because you forced me to make a decision (laughs) (laughs) so my thing would be this you know people know what boundaries are good for them So is driving in the same car while dating deemed as inappropriate? I feel it's up to you guys. I wouldn't say as, you know, for me as a pastor, I would make it a blanket rule. Because let's say there's a 60-year-old man and a 60-year-old woman. And I'm not saying they don't have any, any desires. What I'm saying is this. I think they would know what's healthy or unhealthy for them. So if they said, you know what, hey, we're going to drive to this place together. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I think, but like, I wouldn't encourage you to do it all the time. No, um, no. I think like it, sometimes it is unavoidable and you kind of learn that as you go along. But yeah, like it starts to look bad when you're always showing up together and it's just you two. Simply because, I mean... I know where you're going after. Well, when there's a will, there's a way. And also (laughs) like if you're up late or if you're out late in church, obviously someone's got to get this person home. Or you're going from the church to the restaurant and you get lost. Yeah. I mean like, (laughs) so I don't think it's inappropriate right off the bat, but I think like, obviously like it's just, you know, biblically it says like, we need to be careful for nothing. And I think for someone that's nothing. It's like, Oh, it's not a big deal. But those are when you need to be the most aware because I'm telling you where there's a will, there's a way and things happen and you don't mean for them to happen. And I think that's why... Well, you mean for them to happen. Well, you mean <laughs> for them to happen. I, I would say this, the being in the car alone more often... It's very... It can be very intimate. The conversations it, 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 you have. Yes. And it presents opportunities that are not necessarily the best. Yeah. Try to avoid it. It's not the worst thing in the world, but definitely try to avoid it if you're dating to be alone a lot. Yeah. In I mean, in a, I feel like it sounds very... Um, 
controlling. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, like all of that. But I mean, I think like from us, like definitely, it's something that you should be aware of. Yeah, be aware of just, how often you are. It's just together. a reality of like you have sexual desires, and if you're a Christian trying to serve Jesus, you have to understand that like man, you know, <laughs> you show up you know, two hours late to an event and you guys are alone together mm-hmm. in the car. And then you're like, oh no, we, we were worshiping. We we stopped and just started praying and listening to worship music together. It's kind of like, really? Like, I don't think so, guys. Like, so it's just a reality of like, you know, that's what I'm saying. This question is driving the same car while dating deemed as inappropriate. So right off the bat, like Vanessa said, no. And I agree for the most part, no, it's not inappropriate because like, if, if you have a conviction and you know, the Holy Spirit's in you and you know that, hey, man, we're not we're not doing this. We're not uh, engaging in any sort of like unholy or, or things that destroy our testimony. Then, you know, hey, man, awesome. Move forward. But you know, would you, know yourself. Um, would you tell our kids that they cannot be alone with someone from the opposite sex? 